All right, here we go. Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1000 Hours Outside. We have a fantastic guest here today, Robin Miller. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here, Ginny. I'm excited. This is a really important topic because we are trying to get our kids outside and that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of planning, especially here heading into the school year. There's just a little less time and you have a fantastic new cookbook coming out. People are always asking, like, how do I keep up with my cooking? How do I keep up with my cleaning? And your cookbook is called 30 Minute Meal Prep. There are so many recipes in here, Robin. I was starting yes. to scroll through and I was like, oh, it's just one after the next. So many ideas. A yes. hundred healthy and delicious recipes to eat all week. You are a New York Times bestselling author. I'm so grateful that you're here. Oh, and I'm so grateful that you invited me here. So thank you. This is one of so many cookbooks and I am not amazing in the kitchen. So I'm always incredibly impressed of someone that could not only write one cookbook, but you have written so many cookbooks. Yes. Can you just tell us about where your interest started? I'm always curious, is this like yes. from childhood? Is this passed down generations? Where did it come from? You're so funny yeah, and you're right. This is my 11th cookbook. I already have started cookbook 12. I just oh. can't stop, I can't stop. Wow. So I think, you know, growing up, my mom was a passionate cook and an avid gardener. So we mm. would spend a lot of time in the garden. It was a lot of farm to table type stuff in my house. But I was kind of a tomboy and an athlete. So I was not really the cook mm. all through college. I was in college sports. My roommates did all the cooking. But once I graduated and got out on my own, that's when I discovered my passion for being in the kitchen, creating healthy meals, things that would help you know, performance and energy. And that's why yeah. I got the interest in nutrition. Yeah. So I went back to school for my master's in nutrition, thinking I was going to be a nutritionist, like working with clients, yeah. but really fell in love with the kitchen part, like the cooking. I'm Italian. So it's like feeding is love and cooking for people is love. My son is home for his last few days before he goes off to college. And I had a whole list of all of his favorite things that I wanted to cook. My shopping oh, list said Luke food. Literally, that was one of the items on my shopping list. So to me, it's um, equal parts performance and then love. You know what I mean? Like Aww. it's health. And, and to me, it's a way of showing that you, you care. And, and, and your whole concept of thousand hours outside is so cool because, you know, I think about my childhood growing up and being outside yeah. um, and doing all you have to do. My mom could do whatever she could to get dinner to the table quickly and yes. still spend all that time outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important because we want to have healthy foods. We want to yeah. cook from scratch. I mean, this is a this is a big thing. There's a lot of chemicals out there, but a lot of times we are really scrapped for time. And I think we're now in the season of we're trying to get outside, but plus our we have older kids like you that are in sports, yeah. and so yes. you're running. And so yes. what one of the things I really loved about this cookbook was how many a hundred a hundred options. Yeah. You can't go wrong. You can easily find something. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the one that we made already. Oh. You know, we just sometimes we, you know, we've just gotten it. So we don't have a ton of time to dive in. But we, you know, we've just gotten it before we have a chance to talk and we'll make more. But we made the chicken pot pie. Nice. The easy chicken pot pie. It was like a deconstructed chicken yes. pot pie. Yes. So this was so fun because actually our kids do not love pie crust. So I loved this idea of, yes. of the deconstruction input. They like biscuits though. So yes. <laughs> the biscuits, this was a fantastic idea. So we actually made it for company. That's awesome. And what I love about the biscuits is you can have, everybody can have their own individual bowl with a biscuit on top. 
Mm-hmm. So instead of doing the pie crust, if people aren't familiar with the recipe, instead of doing that pie crust, um, I actually just did one with phyllo dough too, which is kind of fun because you mm-hmm. can just do like little pouches of phyllo on top. And if yeah. somebody doesn't want it, they can just pull it off. But yeah, and it's a really cool presentation to have a bowl of chicken pot pie with just a, a biscuit on top. It's flaky yeah. on the top and kind of wet on the bottom because it absorbs all the wonderful broth. Yeah. So yeah, that's a fun one. I like yeah. that one. It was a great one yeah. and completely eaten. Like there was none left, all, <laughs> all gone. And uh, my kids could help. Yes. And so I thought that was really cool too. They helped chop the different things. And so it was a yes. great way to come together in the kitchen yes. and make this. It was a total hit. Like I said, we. it's always a tricky thing to try something new for company. Yes. But we did. And it was a huge hit. So I love that one. Yes. And we have so many. My daughter, who is 10, she'll come and she'll take all these sticky notes and she's sticky, she's sticky oh, notes, the ones she wants to try. So there's a fantastic. whole, yeah, there's a whole bunch in here that are sticky noted. So one really cool thing about this cookbook in particular that's unique is that you have this round one, round yes. two. Yes. Making life easier for families. Yes. Tell us about that. So this, this all started with my Food Network show when people really loved the, because my show was called Quick Fix Meals, still is, mm-hmm. it's on Discovery Plus. But um, people loved that I would take one, I would take leftovers from meal one and morph it into meal two. But it wasn't like, you know, the the classic is you have leftover turkey, you make turkey tetrazzini. That's not like, that's not what I'm doing. It's more like um, you're going to make garlic butter shrimp and then you're going to turn it into shrimp patties. Or you're going to have like a sheet pan lemon chicken that then becomes something with Asian dish with noodles and vegetables. So that's what I round one and round two. So there are 100 recipes in the book. 50 recipes are round one and 50 recipes you make with the leftovers of round one. Mm -hmm. However, those second 50 recipes, you can buy a rotisserie chicken and make it. You can get smoked salmon and do it. You can have pasta from any meal left over to do another, you know, pasta salad for yeah. someone's school lunch. Do you know what I mean? Right. So um, I do know what you mean because we did a round two recipe. That was our right. first one was a round two. Yes. So it works either way. It works either way. Yes. And it just helps you in your mind to figure out dinner for the week. Yes. Because if you do the round one, round two, and you figured out Monday, then you've already figured out Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> that is really helpful. And you're also saving time. So say you're doing, a, um, roasting some chicken. Now you have twice the amount. So the next dish, you have already pre-cooked chicken that maybe just goes into a broth with some noodles. And now you have that soup, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, many, many different things. Like if you have cooked pasta, for example, and you're doing a cold dish, like uh, the, uh, one of the chicken ones that I was just thinking about that would make a great school lunch, because now I'm in school mode is there is a chicken dish with the leftovers becomes like a wonderful chicken salad with fennel, you know, or a Greek rice bowl with olives and chicken and rice and dressing that goes on the side. So mm-hmm. yeah, always, I'm, I guess I've always been, cause I like to be outside either watching the sports or doing things with my kids. We're just, I'm cramming in all I can this week, mini golf, just, you know, just doing all these different things. So I don't want to be in as much as I love cooking. I still want a delicious dinner, but I want it quickly so I can spend more time outside, more time with my family. So that's always been the strategy. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you would think it's like selfish. I just want to be, but it really, the strategy is what can I do to spend more time with my kids and still have my food and not have to eat out or drive through. And still have that delicious meal that you're coming together over that you enjoy, that you can have these conversations. Well, you, you wrote in this, you talk about the dinner dilemma. I wrote this cookbook for one reason, to solve your dinner dilemma. And then you say, which I thought was really cool. Like, here you are, you're on television, <laughs> your TV personality, 
host of Food Network's Quick Fix Meal, streaming on Discovery Plus and Amazon Prime, host of classes, live events, brand influencer, spokesperson, 11 cookbooks with the 12th coming out, New York Times bestseller, featured in USA Today, all these things. And then you write, which I just love this. You say, but my life is a lot like yours. It's a juggle. Yeah. It's a juggle of work, of parenting, of errands, of chores. And you say, and hobbies, if I'm lucky. Yeah. I love this idea. Like we want to be able to quickly make our meals and be able to still have time for all these other things. I was curious yeah. what your hobbies are. <laughs> if you're lucky. Um, well, I mean, I always make sure that I get outside for something like running or walking or something. So now I've noticed I have to keep go earlier and earlier in the morning because if I put it off, then my day starts too late and then I'm kind of behind. Um, mm -hmm. So I love that. Uh, I love hiking. I love, and I just, I just moved to the East coast from the West, from Arizona. Um, so I'm in, uh, my, my thing that I've been doing a lot of is exploring, you know, so I just kind of like exploring these little towns that are 25 minutes away or mm -hmm. I, um, I, there's this castle that I never even knew of in Pennsylvania. Like who knew um, that I, I've got when I go see tomorrow. So, you know, things like that, just kind of exploring is one of my things, mm -hmm. I, you know, if I have time. Yeah. And you want to have time at least a little bit for these things that yes. we love. Yeah. And so by being able to streamline in the kitchen, that really helps. It sure does really cool that you're a nutritionist. So we talk about yeah. these are actually healthy recipes and they really were a lot of just whole food ingredients. Yes. When we made that chicken pot pie, it was fantastic. I mean, we're cutting up carrots and celery and onions yeah. and peas and corn. So just a great recipe there. A lot of people think that if, if you're going to make a meal quickly, that it requires, you know, a bottle of dressing or a jar of, of mayonnaise, like, but it doesn't have to. I mean, you, you can make incredibly delicious meals with, as you said, whole, wholesome foods, vegetables, yeah. you know, there are some great ways to, to cheat, like a great vinaigrette or um, some kind of a healthy salad dressing or a pesto that can turn a, um, five ingredients into something that tastes like there's 20, mm -hmm. but you don't have to, to lean heavily on processed foods to get dinner on the table quickly. And that's always mm -hmm. been my mantra. Obviously there are times when you have to grab something that just requires boil, boiling water, right? Like the, mm -hmm you know, like some kind of a kit. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but if those are few and far between, that's, that's kind of, it would be the best case scenario. Yeah. I think there is a misnomer. It's like, you know, we have a generation of people who grew up on hamburger helper. Yep. Isn't that such a message, Robin? Like you need help. Yes. You need yes. help for your hamburger tuna helper. Yes. I mean, they were all right. like that. And I think the messaging yeah. implies that like, we can't do this. You're going to need some help. Yes. That is true. That's a good way to put it. I never thought about that way, but that is that is really true. And I'm sure that was they all sat around that table and came up with that on purpose mm -hmm. because, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, I love cooking, but I would say most people don't. Most busy people, it's work. It's a job. It's something that they're happy that it's over. Many of my friends, and I was at um, I heard my friends a couple of weeks ago and uh, he does all the cooking. She does all the cleaning and they're both kind of happy when it's everything's yeah. cleaned and put away. You know, it's a chore. Yeah. Yeah. I was so surprised that there could be this many recipes done in 30 minutes because I think sometimes you're like, well, what am I in the mood for? And it, whatever you're in the mood for, you're going to find in this book because there are so many options. And that's what I love. Okay. One of the things that's in this book that's unique too is you have this meal prep 101, yeah. which is so important. You have yeah. 25 tactics that will revolutionize your experience yeah. in the kitchen. All these tactics, yeah. and you probably had to learn a lot of this behind the scenes stuff. I would imagine filming a show 
Yes. You have to be pretty organized. And also I started filming in my own kitchen when COVID started. So mm -hmm. I didn't have any help. It was only me. So the pantry was what I put in there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's for a show, but it really, if you have a well, so one of the, one of the strategies is, is, well, I guess it's, it's maybe in five or six tips of those 25 is what can you put in your pantry that you can pull and make your life easier? So I, mm -hmm. I talk about tomatoes. I loved canned and carton tomato products. Um, and there's so many now fire roasted and green peppers and oregano and, you know, ro the Rotel with all the flavors. And then, you know, quick cooking grains. I love having those in the pantry. Couscous, mm -hmm. quinoa, people, you know, obviously I love the rice medleys now and other things that you can just keep in a, I think I'm convinced that a well-stocked pantry makes for an efficient, awesome cook, mm -hmm. you know, because it's there and you have it. I mean, look right. at the bean aisle. I remember when I was growing up and when I was writing my first cookbook, there was my, maybe black beans, garbanzo beans, right? and now they're seasoned and chili. And, you know, there's all kinds of different delicious pink, pink, pink beans. <laughs> and then, then there's like different names for the white ones. And and, and now they're, they come seasoned. So you don't even drain them. You can just put them right in a pot and um, skip a couple of herbs and spices from your spice rack. So I love... So when I talk convenience items, like that's a convenience item for me, not hamburger helper or tuna helper, you know, right. seasoned beans, these rice medleys. I just made that um, one last night that had like four different types of rice in it ready in 15 minutes. It's funny because last night I, we, um, we ended up doing disc golf way longer. We played like forever. Cool. So a quick dinner, I wanted to do enchilada something. So I did deconstructed enchiladas. <laughs> so it was just a, bowl of rice and we put everything on top and tortillas on the side having the ingredients and I was able to do it because it was all there already mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I'm sure in my cookbook I would say assemble the enchiladas on Sunday and enjoy them on <laughs> that's not everybody's reality and yesterday it wasn't mine so all the flavors were there in a bowl Mm -hmm. And you got sons, you got college age boys. So this is filling them up. Yes. They're happy about it. Yes. I love that you dedicated this one to your sons who never say no when it comes to tasting my creations, who inspire yes. me to make delicious food every day. So it's feeding your grown boys and yes. they're full and, and they're roommates now. So uh, one of my sons is only 40 minutes away. So every week I bring about five or six meals for him and his four roommates. Oh, Robin. Wow. I know. It's so they fun. must love you. They love it because um, dining hall food, you know, I mean, wow. mostly, you know, usually not great. And they were all interning over the summer and dining halls weren't even open. So it was like fast, not fast food, but you know, like those convenient, I don't know if you have yeah. Wawa where you are, but like a, you know, 7-Eleven mm -hmm. or whatever, those types of things or the food that I could bring and just load up their freezer. Robin, that's incredible. Cause these are such pivotal years. Like you want them to have good nutrition yes. and they're up late and they're under a lot of stress. That's so true. say it again, you took meals for your son and a roommate. Well, one time I brought like 12 full meals I just bring coolers down and they have two refrigerators um, and just load them all up. And I take the old containers back and the next Friday I do it again. <laughs> if you want to be a popular mom. <laughs> I just, and also they run, so they were doing interns all internships all day. They have track practice in the afternoon. When are these yeah. five boys going to shop and cook? Yeah. And as you said, these are pivotal years for growth and, He's yeah. getting good night's sleep and they, they cannot be eating out every night if they want to feel good and perform well on the track and sleep well and have good skin and hair. You know what I mean? Energy. Yeah. So 
and they need that, right? <laughs> these are the, these are the big years. Yes. So you are one of the top three most famous nutritionists worldwide. Worldwide. I don't know why. That, I don't know why but I, <laughs> but you are. So that's a pretty cool ranking. I think I think it's because um, I'm outspoken. So I'm definitely I'm, I'm I'm published. I'm in those things. A lot of a lot of nutritionists they just work with clients, right? So they don't have a national presence. But I also think what's what's different is you don't find a lot of nutritionists that write cookbooks. Mm. So there's they're really good at telling you what to eat and how to change your diet for whatever your needs may be, whether it's diabetes or weight loss or you know whatever. But they don't write recipes as a general rule. And I got when I was getting my master's, that was a hundred percent the case. All the women were going to be all the women and men were going to be clinicians. Um, there were no cooking classes, nothing. What? Not one. How can you become a nutritionist and not take a cooking class? Not one. There was a food lab that was not, we weren't making recipes. We were seeing what happened when you put certain things together. We were looking at chemical reactions. So I don't think that's even changed. So I think that's probably why I'm on the radar so much because I am a vocal and I've written and I have a lot of, so I write cookbooks when I've written a lot of articles um, on nutrition because I used to write for a lot of the fitness magazines. So those were not recipes. It was about what can you do to have a better performance or more energy right. or sleep better? What nutrients do this for you and that for you and that, that kind of thing. And I think that's how I just, you know, I got on the map that way for just how you became a top three. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Global, global <laughs> ranking. <laughs> that's awesome, Robin. Okay. So we're heading into back to school. Yes. What's a little bit of nutrition advice for parents? Like we're in back to school, we're packing lunches. Yeah. We are in these busy evening times where, I mean, a lot of times it's like, oh, I could just got to grab this or grab that. So well, what I, what I like to tell people is to not think so much about it. Like what I, I always did was offered a variety of little things. Hmm. So you're, I mean, you're packing lunch at six, seven in the morning or laying it out the night before who knows what they're going to be hungry for the next day at 11, 12, one o'clock, whatever sure. their age, nine, 14, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do is I'd have like a little bag of nuts, um, some cheese sticks, maybe, um, uh, some slight uh, rolled up meat, but I wouldn't make a sandwich. It would be like, it would almost be like a crudite, yeah. you know, like in a lunchbox. And I used to visit, you know, I sound like that mom, but I kind of was that mom. <laughs> I used to visit lunch a lot um, when they were littler and I'd see kids just going straight to the chips, throwing the sandwich out, um, throwing the fruit out. And that's it. They had like three things. They had an apple, a sandwich and a bag of chips. They ate the chips and threw everything else out. And that was it for the whole day. Wow. So I feel like, and also getting kids to help put what's in the lunchbox is really important too. Like, will you mm -hmm. eat this? So I put this in there tomorrow. Are you going to eat this mandarin orange? Mm -hmm. uh, will you eat this dried mango or would you prefer, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting. I mean, who's in the cafeteria? Usually there's just a couple people working in there. So you don't really see what's happening. So that's really interesting insight, Robin, that you were seeing they're not really eating what you're sending. No. So and they don't know. And if they don't, and if they don't bring it, I mean, if it's, if you're, if the lunchbox is empty, you assume they ate it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I had, there were some moms I could see. And I was like, why are you putting that sandwich back in your lunchbox? And they would say, cause my mom wants to see what I didn't eat. But, mo but usually you'd see this big trash cans full of these carefully crafted sandwiches by mom and dad. You know what I mean? It used to break my heart. So I, I used to offer a variety of lots of little things. So there was not mm -hmm. one big thing that went to waste. And if the, that way, if they were hungry for savory or sweet or, and also sometimes they were able to snack in before lunch. Yeah. You know, some, some of these kids, if they have the last lunch, it's like 
almost one o'clock in the afternoon. At least that was mm -hmm. in our case. And some of them is at 10 in the morning. Yeah, 10 or 11 or one. And then to have a little something left, maybe, you know, it's a mozzarella stick for one mm -hmm. o'clock in the afternoon, that would be great. Or yeah. a handful of like yogurt covered raisins, at ten, you know, to carry you over. Yeah. So mm -hmm. those are interesting insights because like you said, who knows what you're going to be hungry for? Maybe stressful yes. morning, you had some tests, you had to go yes. running for your whatever class, maybe you're hungrier yeah. or less hungry. Super interesting. Yep. Okay. I really truly cannot wrap my head around 12 cookbooks, but I, <laughs> it's so neat. I want to talk about some of these. It's 11 for now. Well, but you're working on your 12th. <laughs> There's a newlywed cookbook. Yes. That was my first one. That was my first one. And it, and it uh, has been redone, updated three multiple. times. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Really neat. It, the most recent in 2013, it looks like, right? 2013 or 15, it was um, Robin Takes Five for Busy Families with my kids on the front. They look like they're in a car. Luke's holding a burrito, <laughs> a fake burrito. <laughs> I think, I wish I would have had the newlywed cookbook. That's why I wrote it because I wrote it when I was a newlywed. You know, you do your bridal registry and I would look at all these pots and pans and all these utensils and I was like, what do I need? I don't even know what's the difference between a skillet and a saute pan. Do I need a Dutch oven? Like, Am I going to be cook? Am I making a pot roast? You know, I didn't know. And I thought I'm going to start taking notes and someday I'm going to write a cookbook. That's how that started. And then that someday turned into like the minute I got back from the honeymoon, I was like, I'm going to start doing all this and I'm going to find you know, all these herbs and spices. What are they for? I did an herb and spice index, a pots and pans index, your first turkey, your first ham, your first chocolate cake, cooking for your in-laws, stuff like that. So, yeah. I almost think it'd be a great cookbook for kids too. So like if you oh. are wanting to teach your kids at home, almost like that could be a whole course that you do. You could do yeah. the newlywed cookbook yeah. so that they learn those things before they become a newlywed. That's true. Cause it is a beginner's book. Yeah. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. To yeah. walk them through the whole premise of these books, they have such a similar feel to them. Rest your Robin to the rescue, a quick <laughs> fix. I mean, this is we this is what we need is we need help because life has gotten really busy. Yeah. So is your does your new one that you're working on now? Does it have a similar feel too? Same, same feel, same feel. Yeah. So I have a bunch of content um, on craftsy.com. I don't know if you're familiar with craftsy. Mm -hmm. I see you have some crafts behind you. <laughs> But yeah, so I have a lot of shows on there, uh, weeknight meals, baking, cook once, eat twice, um, the only recipe you need for, and it will be, you know, bolognese sauce. So, th so these are like, because mm. what, and I had a conversation with them yesterday, what Craftsy prides themselves on is we're not looking for celebrities. We're looking mm. for you to find out the best way to do this, whether it's quilting right. or knitting or cooking, how are you going to make the best sauce or the best chicken or whatever. So I have so much content on there. I thought a compilation of some of that work plus a bunch of bonus recipes, maybe 50 oh, bonus so cool. recipes. So putting it all in one spot instead of all the different classes, mm -hmm. one spot plus bonus because I have more up here. <laughs> I can't even, I cannot wrap my brain around because you said in this one, which has 100, 100 recipes, you said you made them all. Oh, I made, I photographed them all. So I, ha I made them all. I have a book with 500 recipes in it. Unbelievable. I love this. I crafted, tested, photographed every recipe, and after every meal was complete, we ate it, basically, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. My kids have learned that dinner's not ready until the, like, the light goes off. <laughs> <laughs> the overhead. 
I was like, mom, don't call us until you're really finished this time. Cause I'll be like, I'm almost ready. Oh, that's really funny. What, what a fun way to grow up. Not when, not when you're my kids and you're starving. <laughs> you got like the photo lights. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, I mean, it's super impressive. So in each of these has good to know. Well, actually I love this Robin. It was like good to know. And then it would say, sometimes oh. it would say good to know. And then sometimes it would say, one more thing yeah, and, also, like, and, <laughs> and also good to know. <laughs> I know, all these little tips. Well, you've learned so much. And that's the way people talk. They'd be thinking about it, like, well, one more thing. Well, wait, I have another thing. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, good to know, also good to know, <laughs> one more thing. This is really helpful. Like you said, well, you could get this canned or this one says you could use a different combination of breads and cheeses and it would still taste good. And then you also have prep ahead tips yes. for some of them. So this one is, I love tzatziki sauce. So this one stood out to me. This is Mediterranean meatballs with tzatziki. Yes. Amazing recipe. It's beautiful. You got a little garnish on there. It's so pretty. <laughs> but you say you can make your meatballs up to 24 hours ahead of time. Yeah. Same with the tzatziki. Yep. And so if you have, maybe you're having people come over or maybe... You know, I know uh, for me, I would love to put leftovers, like a couple of those meatballs in my kid's lunch. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it's and meatballs, I feel like they're always better when you do them in advance. They have, the flavors have a chance to kind of like bloom in the meatball. I made uh, meatloaf two days ago and I made it 12 hours. I made it in the morning to cook at night. So it would have a chance to kind of hang out in the fridge and, and evolve. And sometimes you just have more energy in the morning too. I do feel like that yeah. four or five o'clock hour hits and you're, yes, you're kind of tired. And, and that's when, that's when poor decisions are made when you're running out of time and it's like, you know what, forget it. Let's just get takeout. Mm -hmm. you know Absolutely. I mean? And that, but if it's already prepped and you've already done a, a lot of the work, but it's, it doesn't even have to be in the morning. My, some of my, my tips in the book are if you're prepping one thing, like, like you're, you're cutting carrots, celery, and onion for that pot pie, cut the whole onion and put the other half in a bag or a zip or a, a, a sealable container. Now, two days later, you have a pre-chopped onion. Maybe you just add some ground beef and now you have the beginnings of a sauce or a, a meat mixture for something. Who knows what? But um, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the reason some of the we don't do things is because it's daunting. It's six o'clock. It was a really long day. I have to cut all this. No, I'm not cutting all yeah. this right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And as a nutritionist, I would imagine that one of the most important things is that we just cook our own meals. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not just, I mean, it's the preservatives, it's the salt, it's the mm -hmm. sugar. Um, yeah. and it's the fresh, it's the freshness, you know, I mean, getting it from your garden. I, I, my mom was the gardener. I've never really been able to keep things alive for very long, but it's just something more satisfying about the farm to table as close as you can get it. So if it's produce right. section to your cutting board, right. And, and always, I mean, the frozen vegetables are awesome too, but, and, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll get those in there as well. But yeah, I feel like as, as much as you can get that's wholesome from the produce department and the meat mm -hmm. and seafood department that you can make yourself, even mm -hmm. if it's three nights a week, three or four, mm -hmm. and sure. then give yourself a break sure. for three. Yeah, I'm not I love saying that. seven, you know? Yeah. But yours is even like, look, if you picked two sections out of this, because there's the round one, round two, that would give you four nights of your week. That's over half your week. Yeah. If Okay, if you had to pick, Robin, would you pick chicken, beef, or pork, seafood, or pasta and rice? 
for like your go-to meal? I think I like instinctively, I think I'm always doing chicken chicken. Okay. I'm always doing chicken and then I have an IR because I did it this week. I did the, a sheet pan lemon chicken mm-hmm. and then with the leftovers, I made myself a chicken Caesar salad. That's your go-to. My go-to would be the pasta section for sure. So it's always neat to yeah. hear what people's go-to are. Yeah, but you have funny. a missed one, which is really cool. Okay. You have the minestrone and I was just talking to Dan Butner who does this concept of blue zones Yes, and yes. people live to be a hundred centenarians. Yes. And he yes. said that, the minestrone. Minestrone is one of the things they eat in Sardinia. Yes. And it hits all of so many of the different things that they need. And they have it almost every day, Robin. I could eat minestrone every day. Mm-hmm. And you think about, I don't know what he, uh, because I know the uh, the blue zones, nuts, beans, mm-hmm. well, like legumes, yep. tons yes. of vegetables, olive oil, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah the I, mean, minestr- I love that the minestrone was in there. And I think it's such a great one for the fall and it, it's yes. warm. It tastes so good. So that was a really cool one. I like one it to cold too. That's why I would have put something oh. like that in my kids' lunchboxes. I think it's great cold too. I mean, there's no meat in it. Yeah. So if it's, if it's a vegetarian, I mean, it's like, you know, so I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it cold as well. He said that he would talk to people and he said one of the things that he asked people, oh, I'll ask you, this is a good question. What would you choose to be your last meal? Oh, I, oh, you know what I love? Hmm. Um, I love like sweet and sour Asian noodles, like rice noodles with like um, soy and sesame. And uh, sometimes I put in like apricot preserves and cilantro and my mouth's watering. So that I think it would be, I think it would be that. Cause sometimes when I'm in a, like a, a pinch or it's, or if I have like hungry at nine o'clock, for example, which sometimes <laughs> happens, mm-hmm. um, Rice noodles and literally just put a scoop of apricot preserve, some soy sauce and some sesame oil. I mean, I would never serve it to anyone, but I think it's delicious and a whole bunch of handfuls of cilantro. Mm -hmm. Perfect for you. Yeah. So he says that a lot of people in these blue zones, they say minestrone. And then it wouldn't be their last meal. They'd live to see another day (laughs) because it's so healthy. That's true. (laughs) It's like, you got to pick again. You're still here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that one's in here. Cilantro lime rice, which is so cool that that one's in here because- I always like they have that at Chipotle. Yes. I think that's probably where I got the inspiration. Like I want to yeah. have cilantro lime rice. And then you have fried rice that is better than takeout. Yes. People have told me that. And apparently my orange chicken that's in the book. Mm-hmm. So I was, when I brought one of the uh, meals down to the boys in college mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, it's like, yeah, Kyle said you make the best orange chicken. I was like, Oh, happened to bring it this week Aww. so yeah so um there's and I, I wrote on it better than panda <laughs> i wrote on the label <laughs> i was like, like that was the rumor so well it's interesting robin that these are recipes too that you could you could take to someone else and i think that's also a thing that happens sometimes you talk about things being daunting i think it's sometimes daunting if someone has a surgery they've had a baby yes. and you want to try and take them a meal because it really matters it's so helpful but that can feel daunting too and also a healthy meal, like if, especially if they've had surgery, if they're recuperating, you're yeah. not, you know, you don't want to bring over like a beefy lasagna. Right. You know, if you could bring something a little bit lighter, um, if they're not, you know, especially if they're like not being able to move around a lot, something's not going to weigh them down, feel heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you always get. You always get a beefy lasagna. <laughs> Pretty much, right? It's about every time. Oh. We had friends, well, I have one friend, Robin, and I think this is like the coolest thing about, my mom always said, 
if you are good in the kitchen, you're always going to have a lot of friends. Oh. And we had one friend who just made the best meals. It's like every time we had a baby. So sometimes I'd be like, man, I should have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> just for those meals. That's so cute. Yeah. She was such a good cook. Okay, talk to us about being on TV. Oh, Can you give us like a little bit of behind the scenes? Like, was it stressful? Was it funny? Was it a combination of all of it? It was energizing. I loved it. If you're talking about like the Food Network days yeah. when it was mm-hmm. like the big crew running around. Yeah. It was like a family. Yeah. It was because we all were there together. We were all there for a lot of hours. You know, things would go wrong and it, we'd all laugh. So I would say um, it was energizing. I wouldn't say stress, but I would say exciting because I, 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 en- I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. The first time I was ever on television, I never it was never my goal to be on television. It was I was writing for Family Circle magazine. I was in the test kitchens, working in the test kitchens, writing recipes during the day, going to school for my master's at night. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to do a um, ABC New York make cranberry sauce for Thanksgiving because they didn't have any of the camera crew was going to come in the afternoon. It was like mm-hmm. four days before Thanksgiving. And I said, well, I've never been on television and my cranberry sauce usually is the shape of a can. (laughs) (laughs) So I created a cranberry sauce, a a chunky one. I wrote the recipe. The camera crew came in. um, We made it in the family circle test kitchens. Like that was the background. Mm -hmm. Somebody from the today show saw that segment. And I was on that Sunday morning on the today show with Al Roker making uh, pancakes. So I didn't look for it, but that it just was like, cause I was having fun and we were having a good time. Um, and then, so then I started to become a regular on the, uh, the morning shows in New York and that's how food network happened. So, um, it was basically just cause I love cooking and it was just comfortable, a comfortable yeah. space. But also you were willing to dive in. I mean, if you said, look, they need this so. thing in four days and you've not really done it before. You've not made the cranberry sauce and you were yeah. willing to say, well, I'm going to do that. And then I'm willing in two days from now to come on and make pancakes on yeah. national television. I mean, the, the willingness to try something that's completely new and scary yeah, mm-hmm, with very little notice. Or experience and experience, sure. you know, I mean, so when you said that, so I was thinking about what my stomach felt like <laughs> that first morning, Yeah, it's especially the Today Show, my stomach was so, but it wasn't stress. It was excitement, but ner- I was just nervous. I didn't yeah. want to remember all my things I was, and then it was Al Roker. So it didn't matter. I could have made a complete mistake and nobody would have cared or probably even known. What kind of pancakes did you make? Just they were just regular. And I remember, and I remember my mom, my mom thought it was rude of him, but I thought it was hilarious because there were kids on in, on the set. I don't mm-hmm. know they, it was a tour that came in or something. And he started picking up the pancakes and throwing them to all the kids. So I'd be making them and Al would be throwing them. My mom was like, those were your pancakes. <laughs> and I was like, it was great. That's hilarious. I mean, my kids will eat a pancake. They don't need it on a plate with, they don't right. need to stir up anything. Yeah, they'll take it. Yeah, sure. I mean, if we make a, a bunch of pancakes and then they're just out in the kitchen, the kids would just come yeah. grab them all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my fun. Cookies. Yeah. Well, those kids will never forget that either. That they got thrown a pancake on their <laughs> tour. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> that's so neat. So then it went from there. And now there's six seasons. Six seasons of that. And then um, I don't know how many dozens of hours I have on Craftsy, all new. Some of the stuff isn't yeah. even up yet. I filmed in April and in June, and it's not even up on Craftsy yet. So that'll roll out, I guess, in the in the coming months, mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. Wow. But yeah, so 
and then you have your own YouTube channel. Yes. Yes. I've been doing a lot of shorts lately, which, you know, they're really short, mm -hmm. 45 second. Like people now don't need to see me. They need to see their ingredients going in the pan. How does this look when it's finished? So I've been doing a lot more of just my hands for YouTube because I mm -hmm. think that's about the attention span. Yes. If you're looking for a recipe, you know what I mean? If you're looking for a recipe, yeah. you don't need to see me say, hey, this is the best thing I ever had. Um, you need to mm -hmm. say, do this in 45 yeah. seconds, you know, so you can, because yeah. I think it's people like dump, dump, really dump. Yeah. Yep. 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 Those are cool to see. Actually, I tried one recently and it was a total disaster, but it was like a feta cheese and like the feta cheese somehow cooked and then the egg and then it was supposed yeah. to slide it. <laughs> And then did you put pasta in it too and like swirl it all around at the end? I should, I should have done that. It was supposed to go like on a piece of toast or something and it, oh. was a, it was a bit of a disaster. But it was fun to try. I'm like, I'll try. I think it went in a tortilla. Oh, so gotcha, gotcha. I'll try it again. But those are really fun to watch. I think they're inspiring. Yeah. Even if you botch it a little bit, it's inspiring. Yeah. It makes you think like, oh, this is actually a little easier than I realized. Yes. So, so have, did you see the one? Um, it was a combination of a, a, like a, a smash burger and a taco. So smash burger tacos, you smash yeah. the, you saw that yeah. one. So mm -hmm. What I like about that on YouTube and Instagram, wherever people are watching those, it's encouraging people to get into the kitchen and do fun things that maybe they wouldn't have. Cause that's yeah. a smash burger taco is kind of a cool, let's mm -hmm. try that this weekend yeah. versus uh, we have to make dinner. Like maybe, yeah. you know, maybe it's putting a little bit of excitement in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely take the drudgery out of it. And I love that. Yeah. When you think back on the seasons that are now on discovery plus and Amazon prime, does it blur together or do certain episodes stand out? It, well, there's two, my two favorite episodes, are one with my kids were on. Mm -hmm. That was fun. How old were they? They were little, they were probably eight and 10 maybe. Oh, because I remember special. I gave them the basil and they were just throwing the basil across the set <laughs> into the pan and they mm -hmm. let it go and then they made a big ice cream sundae. And then there was another one where I had my parents on because my dad always made Christmas dinner. And so we made his Christmas dinner on mm -hmm. the show. So that yeah. warmed my heart. And he was, yeah. he was comfortable doing it and warm and fuzzy, just like he always was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So those yeah. are my two favorite. Um, the rest kind of do blur. I only really can tell the difference based on my hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's short and kind of dark, or is it long and kind of blonde? And then I can tell what's going on. That's really funny. What a special <laughs> thing, though, to have your parents on there and to have your kids. I do think yes. that, you know, I've talked to a few other people who have written cookbooks, and they say beyond the impact that's having in the world, right? Like you're putting out this 100 recipes, it's going to help families heading back into the school year, 30 minute meal prep, 100 healthy and delicious recipes to eat all week. This is an heirloom. Aww. This is something that gets passed down through your family. And so do those shows, right? That you that yeah. forever memorialized. You have this video with your parents. You have this video yeah. with your young kids who are yeah. having fun in the kitchen, and it's yeah. a professional quality thing, and it's edited. And so I think that's a really special thing that's too. A good point. Yeah, yeah. That you've done that, and that they'll always have that. Like your boys will always be able to look back and be like, "Oh, remember when we did this with our mom?" And Aww. that's a really unique experience. I'm gonna cry. You know. <laughs> How many kids have been on TV with their parents? I think Aww. not many. So really, really special. Oh, I, I just absolutely love this, Robin. And I can't wait to see that the final copy is in color, right? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. yes. Have you gotten to see it yet? I haven't gotten to see it yet. Well, I mean, I have all the pictures on my computer since I took them. But <laughs> we're the same. We both have this advanced copy. I mean, the black and white, I'm kind of tired of. But yeah, so... Um, 
Yeah, there was a glitch with the shipping. I'm guessing you probably heard that. So the pu publication date was pu pushed back. That happens a lot, doesn't it? That happens. It's a common it's thing. It's happening a lot lately. Mm -hmm. In the past right. couple of years, yeah. yes, there's uh, customs issues, and, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. So, um, yes, I can't wait to see it, Robin. But one of the yeah, things I love color. is, I do love that there is a picture of every recipe. Yes, yes. And in the past, some of my cooks, because it's very expensive to do that. So yeah. in the past, I think a couple, a few of my books don't, or it's like a section in the middle with all the pictures, because that's mm -hmm. less expensive to like kind of bundle them. Yeah. Um, but this one, you're right. And I like that too, for when I'm looking at other people's recipes, I want to see what it's supposed to look like mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's motivating. Like you could show your kids like, okay, we're going to pick this one and that one. So they are beautiful. And I know, like you said, not all cookbooks can do that, but that's a really special one in this one with there being so many recipes like these beef and bean empanadas. Like I would look at that. <laughs> now I know mine's black and white and I'll, you know, yeah. I'll get the color one eventually, but yeah. it's like, oh, well, this would be a great thing to take to a football game. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because it's just a little handheld thing. And yes. I like what you say too about the side dishes. The, the side dishes can be overwhelming. Yeah, I think people get worried about, the, yes, and exactly. And I think in, the, in one of my, my tips in the front, 25 tips, mm -hmm. you know, like, like um, some of the things that we consider snacks, like carrots and ranch, celery and, you know, um, cream cheese, they make side dishes too. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to roast the asparagus. If yes. you already have some raw carrots and your kids like ranch, then, you know, that's your side dish right there. You're still getting a vegetable. Mm -hmm. I love that part. No cook side dish options, cheese and crackers, peanut butter and celery, yes. cured meat, grapes, apples. So that yep. set of tips at the front is fantastic. And then I like how you say there, younger members of the family will love these and they're nutritious from a nutritionist. Great yeah. idea as a side dish. So Robin, what a treat. You are <laughs> famous. The You're top so three most famous You're nutritionists in the world is here <laughs> on the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. <laughs> TV personality. I mean, what a thrill to get an opportunity to talk with you. I just adore this cookbook. Like I said, we had such a fun time with our first recipe out of it. The first of many, yes. many that we are going to try. Perfect timing for this to come out at Back to School, that getting into the fall rhythms and to know that it's written by a nutritionist. And so these recipes are going to be healthy. It's clean eating, budget friendly, fast and easy. So Robin, I just am so grateful for you to spend this time with us. Thank you, Jenny. This was so fun. It's so fun. If people want to find more, you have awesome recipes on your website too. I was looking at that. Yeah. So RobinMillerCooks.com and you have your and then YouTube they, channel. A, they can click, um, there's a section called cookbooks mm -hmm. and they're all there. And this was the right at the top if you can pre-order. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it'll take you to that link if you want to do that. But yeah, they're all there. And more about me is there and all that jazz. Yes, and picnics is one of them, and a soup, yes. and Jane Fonda. <laughs> it's great. And the newlywed one. The newlywed one would be a really cool one. Like if you're wanting to learn how to cook and learn some basics, like over this next year, that's a great one. So, Robin, this has been awesome. We always end our podcast with the same question. And the question is What's a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, everything was outside. We, I mean, we spent, I was of the generation where everything was outside. Yeah. So um, we had, you know what? I guess the first thing that came to mind is we had a big backyard. Mm -hmm. um, 
where my mom's garden was. So she had all of her um, tomatoes and basil and all that stuff. And right next to us was like a nice grassy area. We would play bocce and badminton. And so she'd be gardening and then pop over and we, you know, we put a slip and slide back there once. I mean, so, I mean, that was mm-hmm. the fun yard, the play yard. How cool. It didn't how need, cool. Like, any size would work. I mean, you don't need much room for, you know what I mean? Yeah. That but she yeah. did it right next to her garden. What right a fun way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So you can pop yeah. back and forth and you can just pop back and forth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I just I love that. Robin, this has been awesome. I think beyond the inspiration for the health, beyond the inspiration for finding pockets of time and all of these tips that you have, I really was inspired about how you're still connecting with your college age son through food. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's huge inspiration. I'm gonna do as, as long as he'll say yes, I'll keep driving the food. <laughs> yeah. It's a really neat idea. So isn't it interesting how sometimes one topic can really bleed into other topics, which is like, you know, how are we staying connected? And that's a really big transition as our kids go off to college. We're just a couple of years away from that ourselves. And so it's something that we think about often. And food is one of those things, especially in those years. I remember we we used to say, even when we first got married, used to say like, you know, if someone is going to cook for you, (laughs) you're going, (laughs) I'm showing, I'm showing up. Oh yeah, yeah, and I and I I do think because there and there are certain flavors that kids associate with family, with mm-hmm. like like your kids will with you. Yeah. Well, my mom makes this thing that's you know what I mean, and so yeah. I think it's nice. It's it's good for them to have that um, connection with parents yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful. Well, Robin, thank you so much, and uh, people can find you everywhere. Discovery Plus, <laughs> Amazon, and 11 cookbooks with the 12th coming out at some point. And uh, yeah. really going to help people have, I think, a fantastic school year here with better meals, better lunches, and a little more connection. Time for connection. Yeah, yeah a little more time for connection. Exactly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.